Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. Hosted by the Missouri Training Institute, this is the Weekly Workplace. Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. With you today, Missouri Training Institute. Hello. Hello. Hi. <laughs> yes. I'm excited. You know why? Why? We're going to talk about emotions. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> now, Ray, <laughs> let's not lie at our round table, okay? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, we are. We're going to talk about emotions. You know, and I'm, I'm going to just pose this question to both of you. You all have been leaders for a very long time. And as we consider kind of what today's topic is on, and we're going to use the word emotional labor. I think that's what I'm hearing, but I think that there's some other ways to kind of explain that. Um, thinking through your career as leaders, have you ever stopped to consider the emotional labor that goes into being a leader? Well, I have, um, you know, being the oldest person here at this table. Um, at first, when I entered the workplace, I don't necessarily think that it was really talked about so much. Mm. Um, you know, the focus was really about the work itself, you know, um, making a widget or um, producing some type of um, product or whatever it may be. And emotions were really kind of left. Uh, we were kind of taught to not bring those pesky little things into the workplace, you know. But I also remember times as I was working way up and I wasn't even in an official leadership role with the story that I'm about to tell you. But there is a rather large state organization that we did a lot of work with and um, it got very it took an emotional toll every time that you went out and worked with this group because they were so reactive and all about blame. And they had a lot of, and I get it, their culture and this organization was not necessarily so empowering. It was very top down command and control, you know, that old way of thinking, get the product, get the, get the processes done. And so these people had a, a, a lot of emotions that they had to kind of work through every single time that uh, we would have to go and do some training with them. And I got to tell you, at the end of the day, it was exhausting mm, right. to listen to it and to empathize with it and to try to build a connection and more importantly, try to redirect them um, into a different perspective or a different way of looking at things. Um, so, yes, there's, I think, a huge emotional um I want to say emotional toll sometimes mm -hmm. that leaders have to work through with their employees. Um, but unfortunately, again, I think that a lot uh, as older folks, especially have just been kind of taught to keep that, you know, emotions out of the workplace and let's concentrate on the work. It's nothing. It, it's just business, nothing yeah. personal, yeah. right? That's right. what we were brought up to believe. Um, but we also have to realize that that's an unrealistic thing because emotions are in the workplace. I mean, we're dealing with human beings and human beings have emotions. So as leaders, what are we going to do about that? How, how are we going to work through that? And I guess that's what you're going to kind of call the, what you said, the emotional labor. Mm -hmm. um, that's involved. Um, and that's just, that's just my way of thinking about it, Ray. Well, I'm not far behind you, um, you know, in age. So obviously I entered the workplace in the, gosh, the late seventies. And, you know, I'm talking like as a teenager kind of sure, thing. Sure. Um, but yeah, you know, you, you were the worker, 
not really the person, Mm -hmm. you know, and so we kind of grew up in that cultural paradigm of, you know, leave your problems at the door when you clock in. Um, But definitely, you know, that was instituted by who was running things Mm -hmm. during that time, you know, so who were our leaders when I was, you know, 15, 16, 17, you know, that kind of set that, that model and that concept. And, you know, I have seen it change Mm -hmm. over the decades, you know, where we became a very employer driven, Mm -hmm. right. uh, Workforce. And now we are a very employee driven workforce. Um, So, yeah, there's even the nature of the jobs themselves, I think, have changed, you know, not to say that we're still not making widgets and we're still not making products. We still have manufacturing. Don't get me wrong. But there was a lot more of that kind of stuff. Well, it involved more people. Yeah. Then than what we have now where we're we're not asking people just to physically put things together to build a product. Granted, we're still doing some doing that, but now we're asking people to think for themselves in the workplace. We're asking them to um, bring your whole authentic self to the workplace. Mm-hmm. We're asking them to uh, solve problems on their own. Um, and before that was the leader's job, you know, but now we're trying to empower everybody within the organization. So just the nature of work, um, I think, has changed mm-hmm. over the years as well, which Again, I think leads to more emphasis on this emotional. You hear it now with well-being, mm-hmm. um, uh, which is the big hot thing right now. Is you know how, how happy and how are we taking care of our employees? You know that kind of thing. Their, their well-being. And it's interesting to me to hear your all's perspectives with this because. <laughs> You know, before I was certified in emotional intelligence, I think I still knew the requirement of attending to the emotions uh, within the workplace. So I obviously came up with a different generation, a different kind of workforce. This more, I guess, as some people are calling it, the modern workforce with it. And so I, I haven't known anything else. And so when I went through and I was kind of researching this topic a little bit, What really stood out to me was, you know, it it never occurred to me that emotions aren't in the workplace, right? That we're not taking care of the whole person. That's just, that's what I've known. However, what isn't always attended to for our leaders specifically is doing exactly what we're doing here and recognizing the the toll that that emotional labor can actually put on to you because maybe you aren't comfortable you know with the emotions in general in the workplace but then in addition to that you've added this layer of now not even only attending to the emotional labor, as they're calling it, that's going on inside of you to attend to those emotions that are going on in the workplace, all of the stuff that that, it, that you're experiencing. Um, and so it, it was really intriguing to me. And if you're curious, I guess a, a quick definition on emotional labor, right? The attitude or mood that professionals are required to put forward during a workday in order to acclimate to the culture of the practice or business. Right. So our workplaces are requiring this of leaders now as far as emotional intelligence and and becoming comfortable or becoming familiar with emotions. But now there's that added layer of of not only do I have to do it in the workplace, now I got to acknowledge it as a leader, too, that this is the toll it's taking on on me. And um, 
it's interesting. It, it, it was just really fascinating to me because you think day in and day out what leaders do and you really are kind of influencing, you know, the group's mood, the emotional states on how, um, you know, performance is going. You're attending to your employees, mental and physical health. You're addressing your burnout. You're probably trying to address your own. And what what this research is saying is if if leaders aren't attending to the emotional labor that they're going through, that they're more inclined to get burnt out or to get disengaged. And what we know from that is if the leader is disengaged, then three times more likely that their people will be disengaged too. So it's interesting. There's just, it's an awareness element. And so Dewey, you mentioned earlier, you know, obviously this is all all new, but I I think these conversations, we never would have had a conversation about this probably back in the seventies or eighties about emotions now. And so this general awareness is, is, we didn't even have things like, you know, employee assistance programs back then, Mm -hmm. you know, um, uh, you know, it was just, you got to toughen up and get the job done, Mm -hmm. period. Let's move on. That's what it was kind of like. Yeah, we had a lot of, you know, as I was listening to you talk about that, Brianna, you know, thinking about how, you know, we we as workforce back in the day, do we, I guess if if we call it that, we were really responsible for our own Mm -hmm. state of mind. Mm -hmm. And um, that wasn't the onus wasn't on our boss to create that for us, but on ourselves. Now, we may or may not have liked that environment, as you were talking about that big agency that we worked for, but that my mindset, my emotional well-being is really my responsibility. Because when I hear emotional labor, like my mind transitions, like how much energy Mm-hmm. Does it take for me to manage not only my emotions in the moment in the workplace, but then as a leader thinking about, wow, what what Brianna's emotions, what are Dewey's emotions, what are you know, and how am I managing that environment? So their, you know, well-being is cared mm-hmm. for, um, you know, so even the transition of responsibility, mm-hmm. you know, has gone from the individual um, into the workplace. So that that that's a. It's a shift. It is a shift. There's a big shift, I think, um, that we're talking about here. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because the 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 fatigue and the frustration, I, I've sensed it in training sometimes. Uh, even people of what I would assume probably out of my own generation. But, um, you know, just saying, look, Brianna, I, I literally had somebody say, I, I appreciate this whole, you know, all this information on emotional intelligence. But I'm telling you, I physically cannot care about someone else's emotions right now because I have so many already kind of going on internally. And you think of post pandemic, everything, you know, we've gone through over the last couple of years, like it's wear and tear mentally and emotionally. Yeah. You know, and we do, we talk about that psychological safety, you know, the, the ability to be yourself in the environment. And, you know, I think when I hear that though, you know, how are we honoring the individual, mm-hmm. not by taking care of their emotions in the big way, but just how are we honoring um, their authenticity mm-hmm. to have or not have to care or not care as managers, mm-hmm. as leaders? 
And that's even an added layer to this emotional toll that, yeah, it, you this know, when you think deep. about it really does There's so many things that you can touch on. It really does. Yeah. And and I think that's, you know, to, to kind of just keep it broad again. I think my my main is I think about takeaway, I guess, with this episode is really helping our listeners understand that um, this is a occurring whether we're acknowledging it or not. There's an emotional right. toll that is 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 mm-hmm. happening, an emotional labor that goes on being a leader um, with the changes, the new modern workforce, you know. And so how can you be best prepared um, to manage the emotional labor so that you're not going through some of those things like burnout, fatigue, compassion, exhaustion, maybe in some workplaces, all of those other elements that can kind of accumulate because we're not tending to some of that emotional labor. Well, first thing I think that, um, and we kind of talked, we were having a conversation about this particular topic before we started recording. Um, and that was a great conversation, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I, I think I told you that my first, my first initial reaction that kept, popped in my head as we started talking about this was, you're the leader, suck it up. Yeah. <laughs> Your job is about getting the work done through other people. Yeah. You know, we often talk about, you know, taking care of people. Yeah. Um, and that does require an emotional labor. Um, so at, at first I want to say, suck it up, buttercup, um, because that's your job, mm-hmm. you know, as the leader. Uh, but do recognize though, that it, it is a, it can, it can be, it, it can take a, a huge toll. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about it. it, it you know, t- helping other people um, in creating these kind of environments where people can feel comfortable enough to bring their authentic self to it. It takes work um, and it ta- and it can and it can be a, an emotional toll. I think, you know, you you said it, recognizing that it is that it is right, right. that it exists. And I and having a conversation, um, you know, with your people, you know, to know, first of all, to gauge what's going on with them. I don't care if your larger organization isn't doing that. I mean, if you're the leader, you're the leader right within whatever space you lead within, you know, um, you have that power. You should have that power. You know, I'm, and I think to your point, you know, leaders lead. Right. So get up there and lead. But then recognizing it and having this conversation, because we did have a like a conversation before the conversation, <laughs> you know, that was really in depth and really eye opening, even as much as we feel like we know each other and mm-hmm. we talk. Um, so I think that recognition is huge. It absolutely is. You know, and, and one of the things that's interesting to me with all of this, I was reading a lot about about this idea of emotional culture and what is the emotional culture within your organization. There are organizations out there who actually hire out third party consultants to do nothing more but to just sit and watch, you know, what emotions are attended to in the workplace, what emotions are mostly expressed, maybe without uh, even saying that, you know, without acknowledging the fact that they're being expressed, they're they occurring. Where are those emotions coming from? Um, and, you know, what is the tendency? What emotions are allowed in the work? place. And so there's this new concept of, of not just, you know, the, the culture of an organization. But now we're talking about the emotional culture yeah. of an organization as as we kind of transition. And we know, you know, emotional intelligence is not going away. A lot of people thought, oh, these are the soft skills, right? These are the th- these are the power skills now. And we talk a lot about that in our emotional intelligence training, but it comes at a cost. And I'll tell you, as I think about 
even going through, and I'll, I'll just say it, even going through our first time doing the EQI 2.0 assessment and as we were kind of processing what the reports were saying and then we're having a discussion as a team about it, that was emotional labor mm-hmm. because now we're having to surface things that historically have just occurred, you know, like, and you, you don't have to give conscious thought to them. And I remember coming home from some of those conversations that we'd had as a team and I told my husband, I'm exhausted. Like, and he's like, well, what would you do today? I'm like, we just talked about ourselves. <laughs> we just talked. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I think what's exhausting is the not being able, mm-hmm. you know, because I mean, everybody that's listened to even one of these podcasts other than this one knows I, you know, emotions aren't my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just, I'm just hardwired, right? doesn't mean I don't have them. It's just they don't run my life. And, you know, so I think the... The hard part for me is having to suppress, right, mm-hmm. the fact that emotions aren't driving me, mm-hmm. you know, especially in this emotionally aware um, environment that we're in so that, you know, that that not being able to not show you care. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't mean that to sound heartless because I think my team knows what we I'm know talking you care. about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it just it it just doesn't run me. So right. then to have to show that so long and so much um, that's it. So on the on the other side, I want to I want to mm-hmm. kind of stand up for those people. Absolutely. Because, uh, sure. you know, I'm a third of it. But um that's hard. Yeah. And I'm the opposite. Right. Um, I uh, wear my hearts on my sleeve. I am very much an emotional person and sometimes way too emotionally driven. Um, and so, you know, I will say this. It's nice to have a balance like Ray. Absolutely. In the organization <laughs> Absolutely. Because I think that we both can certainly capitalize on each the strengths that each other's um, uh, viewpoint on this mm-hmm. particular topic work out. I, I, it's it, it helps helps to balance it out. Um, so I certainly get it. Um, you know, when you think about the, that organization I described, um, earlier and, um, you know, it's like suck it up buttercup. That was that, that was pretty much the motto around that organization. We don't want your pesky emotions in here. We just want you to get in here and we're going to do the work, but we have to recognize, like you say, recognize it. It is here. If people do have emotions and, um, they are brought in the workplace. And honor what like, I go back to exactly what Ray just honor your people, honor what works for your people, what your people need. And and I say that in, in relation to recognizing this emotional labor concept. Um, but if we're promoting that self-compassion from the top down, like I understand you've got reports you're sending in, you're doing payroll, you're end of the year reports, you're, you got you got the, the operations side of it. But there's also this emotional side of it. And when we have organizations from the top down promoting like attend to yourself and what you need. So for for example, Ray, I, I would consider and, and not to put words in your mouth here, but, you know, thinking about the exhaustion it puts you through to have to deal, you know, with that emotional state of, of need with your people, i.e. me. Um, <laughs> and it's there and I know it and I recognize that. What are some things, you know, that the top down could do? Well, you know, give 
give Ray a little bit more of, of, of her independence, her time away to where she's not having to engage in the emotional conversations all the time or, um, you know, so remote work or thinking about what I can do as your employee. How can I speak your currency and your language and remove some of the emotion, emotional stuff that I need? And that then stretches me so we can leverage each other. You know, and I think I would hope that any team would want to do that in honoring what each individual needs to deal with the emotional labor. So maybe tomorrow then you come into my office and we talk about all the fluff. You know what I mean? So it's just kind of an ebb and a flow and you you can take care of each other, kind of promoting that self-compassion from from top down and and side to side. Yeah, I think. With this being said and with this culture coming about or not coming about, it's here. Um, I I think it's OK for leaders to also ask for what they need. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. You Absolutely. know, and I think if you've built the team like we have, you know, that's where, you know, I do get some slack for like, you know, you heartless, you know, person. And I'm like, no, I'm. Yeah. I mean, it's just what it is, you know, and, and like that, I can't get outside that mindset, but it's okay to say, this is what I need. Or when, when this happens, this is where I am on mm -hmm. it. Um, and for then your people to recognize that, like my people do, mm -hmm. you know. The other thing I would say that I think that we've done a pretty good job with is getting learned up, so mm -hmm. to speak, on sure. a lot of this, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I, even though I have a lot of emotions, have a very hard time expressing them in a way that can be very productive. You know, sometimes I just go from zero to a hundred, you know, in an instant. So, you know, some of the setting around and taking that emotional assessment that we did and sitting around and talking about our own results and sharing those results with each other, I think has really done uh, our team a tremendous um, service because, you know, not that we didn't know that Ray, you know, doesn't necessarily like to deal with them. We all knew that. Yeah. But no it, surprise. But but it did give us opportunities to talk then about how are we going to accommodate that with Ray, as well as how is she going to accommodate me then mm -hmm. with, you know, all of my emotions that I bring. So um, having conversations about it, training about it, talking mm -hmm. about this, mm -hmm. um, I think is an important thing for for teams to engage yeah. in. But when we can reframe this concept, you know, because I feel like there's always a negative connotation with emotions or with feelings, you know, oh, I, we, you know, it's uncomfortable. We don't want to step into that. But if you can truly reframe this concept of emotions as information to be processed. I really, really mm -hmm. liked that. Um, mm -hmm. That not for me, but came from a Harvard Business Review article. Uh, and I, I, I'll post the link in, in the episode description. But it, that was so enlightening to me. And, and I wonder now, thinking back to some of maybe the clients we've worked with that um, aren't fully bought into this idea or this concept because we rely heavily on technical skills, for example. But this is just information. We just got to process this information too. Emotions are information to be processed. And now my job is to be the information seeker. So I, you know, I know what's going on with, you know, with Dewey and I know what's going on with Ray and I can gauge emotions and I can gauge when Ray's exhausted from dealing with emotions and I can gauge when 
Dewey's got stuff that he needs to go home, you know, and just reflect on for a while or when I'm expressing way too many emotions and and how appropriate that might be for the con. It's just information processing. Uh, Isn't it interesting, though, you you bring that up because I think you're you're right on target with emotions provide us with another piece of information to help guide our decision. Another piece of information to think about what am I going to do in this situation? But what's really interesting about that is usually um, it comes down to the question, you know, well, how do I feel about this option or how do I feel about that option? Mm. Isn't it interesting that we (laughs) use the word feel when we're thinking about um, different directions to go? Emotional labor. (laughs) You two use that word. You two use that word. Um, You know, and, and we say that jokingly, of course, but it different people are driven by different things. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. And anytime anyone, the emotional people, uh, the non-emotional people have to fake the way they're built is hard. Sure. Period. Sure. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It can take a lot of emotional labor. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and, and I think that that was... That was really, I mean, honestly, this concept, I think, could go so we could have probably multiple more conversations about this. You know, know, the other thing I guess I would say, you know, uh, that leaders can maybe think about doing is um, renew yourself as a leader, you know, and that means physically you got to take care of yourself. You got to eat right. You got to get some exercise. You got to physically be in a good, good, good way Um, mentally. What are you doing to sharpen your mental capacities? What are you doing to sharpen your your knowledge, your skills? Um, you know, the more you know, that brings you more power. That gives you more options. Um, what are you doing to renew yourself emotionally? Usually, that it was in our the relationships that we have with one another, um, whether that be family, friends, coworkers. But what are we doing to maintain those relationships so that we um, um, are kind of certainly can understand one another? Mm-hmm. And kind and move on. Um, and then to kind of be able to give yourself some grace and to maybe even focus on your spiritual side, you know, and whatever that means to you. But, um, you know, sometimes it means just going and sitting on a mountaintop somewhere and contemplating just how insignificant some of these things are that mm. we deal with at the workplace um, when you kind of start to look at it. So, you know, getting back to your core, getting back to your values um, and those kinds of things. So that idea of self-renewal, um, because when we do become emotionally charged or when we do become emotionally uh, engaged with all this emotional labor, mm-hmm. um, sometimes it can take a toll on you um, as a leader. So um, taking that moment for yourself and thinking about your renewal in those four areas, I think is an important thing to think about too. Yeah. You know, one of the things we talk about in our emotional intelligence classes is the idea that emotions are other people's responsibility, meaning, Mm -hmm. you know, an emotion comes up for me, but that's my emotion. I, if, you know, an emotionally literate person owns that, like, there's not like you made Mm -hmm. me feel this way. You know, we, that might be our first Mm go-to. And I think that's the sign of someone who might need to invest in their emotional intelligence a little bit. But the fact that you made me feel that way for me, I think I don't give away that power, Mm -mm. you know, um, you shouldn't either, you know? So when you have, have an emotion that is your emotion i think as leaders 
trying to, you know, get in in your head and thinking I'm not responsible for other people's emotions, but yet they are free to have any emotion they want to have. But their emotion is just that their response, their emotion. Um, And so not taking that personally might help diminish that emotional effort that it takes to maintain Mm -hmm. um, your sanity as a leader. And I what I love what you said about that is I think about that um, versus kind of what we explain traditional workforces were like and that you took responsibility for your own emotions back then. And I think I think we I think we're headed in a direction, hopefully, where that will be the case again. And maybe it won't be as much emotional labor. I think that we in order to get there, you have to have the upskilling. You have to know this, you know. And so how many times I've sat in an emotional intelligence training before and told people exactly what you just said, that I'm not responsible for how you feel. And they're like, what? Well, some people are. And I'm like, no, I'm nope, sure not. You know, and and it is it's em- empowering. It's enlightening. It's, um, you know, and you can have then those conversations as a team if you understand that as an individual first. So I I, I want to really emphasize just that training element we said earlier when you're thinking of how do I work through this emotional labor? Well, you can take a lot of weight off your shoulders just by learning a little bit about emotional intelligence. Yeah. Yeah. And not, you know, reminding yourself just because somebody's having an emotion, um, you know, that's not your fault, but you can give space to that emotion. Yeah. You know, but that doesn't mean you have to have the same emotion or even feel any particular way about what's going on, Um, because I can say one thing and. You, I get two different feels going on. You know, Dewey's going to feel one way about it. Brianna's going to feel one way about it. And I said the same thing, mm-hmm. you know, to both of them. And so, you know, that's how I know that's up to the individual, yeah. you know, based on their experiences and perceptions and beliefs and values. And mm-hmm. um, I, I can't I'm not responsible for those. Right. But it's easy for me because I stand on the side. But you still have to of, work with them as a leader. Absolutely. You know, you still, it's still, I think you can give space to them, but you don't have to, to own absolutely. other people's emotions as your own. And I want to, you know, I want to talk about just for a moment, if I may, um, you know, Ray, kind of on the opposite side of, of where you sit with this, but same element of understanding the emotional labor that goes into it. Uh, for some people out there who might take on, especially leaders who take on other people's emotions, if you call them highly empathic people or highly sensitive people, or I mean, there are people out there who who don't or can't shield or provide boundaries when it when it comes to other people's emotions that adds even an extra layer sometimes of this emotional labor because now you are truly wading through your emotions their emotions all the team's emotions what happened throughout the day and so it's important I think in those spaces to ensure that that you are recognizing that and learning some of those shielding and boundary opportunities um when it when it comes to operating out of highly sensitive spaces with that let me ask any other final thoughts that you all might have on here oh i i, I know this just wasn't enough time it really wasn't oh, and i would love to have this as an interactive with uh our listeners and i think that would be honest yeah. Uh, yeah. you know 
conversation. Absolutely. We just scratched the surface with this. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Introduce the topic. Yep. So whether you want to call it emotional labor, emotional energy, um, we'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Uh, send us an email or, or leave us a message or question on this episode description and we will attend to it. Our email is mti at missouri.edu. Uh, and until next time, go be great. Thanks for listening to The Weekly Workplace, hosted by the Missouri Training Institute. Dewey, Ray, and Brianna stand ready to connect with you and meet your training needs. Be sure to check out ways to contact them in the episode description or at mti.missouri.edu. Subscribe to the podcast to get future episodes automatically by tapping subscribe in your podcast player of choice. Hope to catch you on the next episode of The Weekly Workplace. Peace.